today I says to myself, I got to start upper extremity. And so I said to myself, self, we've got to make life easy. Given that, and you all as a group know that I do not like to reinvent the wheel, try to avoid it if at all possible, I figured that I'm going to take the easy route to the upper extremity. And therein lies my PVC piping. Home Depot. I was thinking of Tony as I was putting this together. Home Depot has helped me out. <laughs> it's aisle nine. All right, there is, a, there is a long sort of process to this. Of, and the reason why we do it today is because I know that it is virtually pointless for us to start talking about the scapula today and start talking about the glenohumeral joint today because everybody's burnt out. All you gotta do is look into everybody's eyes and you got exam-itis. Inflammation of the eyeballs, inflammation of the cranium. Somewhere in, in your education here, I have said to you, somewhere, I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> With really, really long arms. It's some kind of embryonic, yes. All right, so here's what we look like, basically. I'm going to write, I'm going to draw in some dermatomes for you. All right, just so that you've, you've got them here. Because we go, we kind of go stripey-like. So that's one level. That's another level. Yeah, let's put another level in here. Yeah, we'll use red just for another little color here. I probably made his arms too big, but so be it. All right, so you see how, our, how the levels all alternate? And we do everything, that all the way to the lower extremity. I'll put one more color in here just for the sake of argument. All right, so how's my artwork here so far? Is this all right? It's pretty poor. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. For my next, for my ne this is exactly why I became a physical therapist and not an art major. All right, so we essentially layer like this. These now fold up. That's where we get this. You already know lower, yes? All right, so you see the stripes? I put stripes on here. This is, this is the, the piece that I'm holding on to. This is not an anatomical uh, anomaly or anything. This is just so I can hold on to it. But this is a shoulder. All right, so when we start, we start with the elbows out and we start with the knees out, which I don't think any of us can do. Okay, so you start with the knees out. You start with the elbows out, and you see how all the stripies fit. All right, so if I was a lower, what happens as I develop? Okay, so this is my big toe now. I rotate such that, what do I now have? I have a knee that bends this way. I have a big toe that faces that way. What happens to the stripes? They twist. Does that look like something you've seen before? All right, it would be dermatomes that twist. All right, so I twisted. Now my dermatome, my blue dermatome is coming to the side, to the big toe. My green one, which is actually a higher number, is here. All right, so let's back this up now. Make sure that my stripies are right. It just so happens that upper 
you rotate the opposite way. So what happens to my stripies? They get twisted backwards. Funny how the elbow ends up the way it does. So here, take that thought now. You've got lower. You know where your flexors and your extensors are. Yes? So you got nice colors to give you dermatomes. You've got nice flexors and extensors. Everybody's good with that? I'll bend this guy into a little more anatomical position. I have flexors and extensors. So let's look at shoulder and hip, elbow and knee, wrist and hand, ankle and foot. Because okay? when you start to look at them, things start to look very, like almost coincidental. It's not coincidence. Why does that, why does this start off as being important? Where does this, do we immediately go to, two, to standing on two feet? No. No. So we start, yep, and then we rotate in different ways in order so that we can now, but there is a, there's a method to this madness. I give you that because if you look at now, take this, and think functionally. So take this and go based on function. If we look at the shoulder and the hip, you've already told me hip, bony pelvis, faces anteriorly, laterally, and inferiorly, yes? The gluno, or excuse me, the acetabulum, has a good bony cup to it, yes? Why? Stability. Stability. Right. Great. Now, let's look at the upper. Look at the shoulder. Does the shoulder have a pelvis? Yeah, it does. Interestingly enough, your shoulder has a pelvis. It's called your scapula. It just happens to float, which wouldn't ever work in the lower because if your pelvis floated, what would happen? You'd be all over the place. So you now have a shoulder that is just like the hip, Ball and socket points laterally, anteriorly. The pelvis, or excuse me, the acetabulum faces inferiorly. Why would the shoulder, or why would the glenohumeral joint face upward? What's the value? Range of motion. Okay, if I have a smaller glenohumeral joint or a smaller surface, would it be of value to tip it up a little bit to help to keep it in or to keep the, keep the humerus in? Because if, if I'm just working it like this, what's going to happen? It's just going to slide out. So we want to tip it up a little so that we now can stabilize the humerus to some degree. But if you look at the function, the dynamics of it are similar to the pelvis and the hip. It's just that you now have a muscular support as opposed to a bony support. The other difference that Randy mentioned is that this is stability. This is mobility. Sure. This is gross motor control. This is fine motor control. So if we keep those things in mind, then you can tell me 
based upon how we've evolved, what these things are going to start to look like and what function they're going to have and then what things become important in exercise. Because now that we've got two units in, we'll go one more time. It's kind of like functional. You know, by the time you did the third unit, you were like, yeah, heard it before. If we look at spine, you have a certain series of interventions. If you look at lower, guess what? Heard them all before. Well, I'm here to tell you, upper, same thing. The dermatomes go the way they do for a reason. The muscle groups are innervated the way they are for a reason. Okay, so if, we're, if the elbow is a knee, yes, I have flexors. I have two joint flexors, shoulder. What, what crosses both joints of shoulder and elbow? Biceps. Okay. Do I have two joints at the knee? It's called the? And there's another one. Okay, so I've got a flexor here. What's my flexor here that crosses two joints? Yeah, you see the similarities? Yeah, it's amazing how they all start to look the same. So we now want to look at function of the upper extremity first and foremost, and you'll be able to establish what you have to be able to do. Elbow, very similar to the knee. The one, there is one thing that the elbow and forearm has that the, that the lower body doesn't. What does it do? Yeah, would this be a good thing in the lower body? It would not be a good thing. Because if you thought my movement pattern here a second ago was bad, I can tell you that if my, my, my shin is now this way, it's going to be ugly. It is not going to be a good thing. So it serves no value. But in the upper extremity, given that we still have two bones, same, we have two bones, upper and lower, it's of value to have pronation and supination here because we have to be able to place things in space. Wrist and the ankle. Kind of like that. Ankle, lots of support on the sides. Why? Weight bearing. Hello. That's a broken bottle. Uh, talus needs to have stability. You don't want it to be wobbly in there. Yes? If I now go to upper, is it of value for me to have a joint that doesn't move? No. You want to be able to move it to the side. You want to be able to flex and extend the wrist. But when you look at how it's built, generally speaking, it looks very similar. You have carpal bones. You have tarsal bones. You have phalanges. You got a big toe and a, th and a, and a big thumb. I was going to say a big thumb. Some of us have big thumbs, some of us don't. Big toe and thumb. Thumb, 
for opposition, toe not for opposition, although I have some friends that probably could. But what does a toe serve the purpose of? The big toe. Propulsion. If you don't have a big toe, if you don't have a great toe, you don't have any function of your foot. Something like 50% of your foot function is off of your great toe. And how much of your hand function is off of your thumb? A lot. A lot. If you don't have a thumb, guess what? You're now a cat. <laughs> guess what? If you don't have an opposable digit, you get the same result that the cat gets. Which might be a good thing. It means food three times a day and, you know, a nice warm place to sleep. And that might be a good thing. <laughs>